Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. We've talked for the past four weeks about faith drift. And I don't think I can think of, a, of any other topic in my life that causes me to drift from the Lord more than when I look at the injustices of my life. The injustices that, quite honestly, continue on seem to go unchecked. And at some point, you look up to God and you say, do you care, God? Do you care, Lord? Do you care about the injustices of my life? And what happens to us through our childhood injustices, financial injustices, whatever injustice relationally you may be dealing with, what it does is it eventually puts out the fire in the fireplace of your soul. And you begin to wonder if your purpose for what God called you to is really worth it or not. I don't know if you know this or not, but there's no other nation on the earth that has been unjustly treated more so than the nation of Israel. This little nation, not much bigger than the state of New Jersey. Anybody ever driven the state of New Jersey? Doesn't take very long at all. This little state known as Israel, this little country represents God's heart for the world. And the injustices of your life will scream at you until they deafen your ability to hear the voice of God and you will have to ask yourself, where's God? Does God care? Does God see? And we are reminded in the book of Romans that we are to call out to God and we are to say, Abba. Do you know what Abba means? It means daddy. And today we're talking about a subject entitled, Daddy's on his way to bring our restoration. Now, I know that in the younger generation, this title makes people feel uncomfortable because anything of affection, Steve, I don't know if you know this, anything of affection in our society because of social media has become sexualized. Amen? And I'm taking back daddy today because that only belongs to one person and his name is Jesus. He is our dad, and he is going to restore everything that is unjust about your life. Matter of fact, I read this morning in my devotions in Isaiah 11 to 20 that the lamb and the lion are going to lie down together. You ready for this, Micah? And a little baby will stick her hand in a hole, and poisonous snakes will not hurt her. That's what we have to look forward to. 
I want to invite you today to take your program, to take your Bible or your internet device, and I want to invite you to share the service, to be a virtual evangelist today, and to share this with those that you're in relationship with. We're going to conclude our series today and beginning in Joel chapter 3. God's going to talk to us about judging the nations. Look at verse 1. For behold, in those days and at that time, when I, somebody say it, when he what? Restores what? The fortunes. Whatever you have lost financially in this life because of unjust business deals or unjust people, God is going to restore it. I will gather all the nations, I will bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. I've been in that valley, I'll talk about it. I will enter into judgment with them there on behalf of my people, my heritage, Israel, because they've scattered them among the nations and divided up my land. They've cast lots for my people, catch this, and they, the nations around Israel, have traded a boy for a prostitute. And they've sold a girl for wine, and they've drunk it. They've drunk it. God promises he will restore financial prosperity that other nations and people have taken from us. A few years ago, we entered into a crazy season called covid We had no idea what was ahead of us. But what we found as a church is in the middle of this very dark season, a gentleman that I'd been sharing the gospel with for 20 years decided that we weren't doing what we were supposed to be doing. And so he threatened and he said, I want $165,000 from the church or I'm going to sue the church. I said, please don't do that. We don't owe you that, and please don't do that. And eventually, uh, what I thought to be my good friend Larry, who wasn't a believer in Christ, who sold us this building and owns the other part of the shopping center, we have a cross-easement agreement with him, he had decided that we were unjust to him. And so he sued us. And so he had no choice but to get a lawyer, uh, and go down the process. Very interesting. Our lawyer, by the way, not a believer, Jewish as well. Thought that was interesting. Did not plan that. And as we went through this process, what was interesting, and I, I hate to say this, but back in 2001, when I received the prophetic vision about Ted Haggard, I learned that you want to move in the direction of putting things in writing because people tend to change what they said when the pressure's on. And if a person's not willing to put it in writing, then I don't listen to what they have to say. I did not know evil existed in that capacity until I sat in the room with Pastor Ted 20-some years ago when he did what he did. And so here we are. And so I began to text Larry back and forth, and Larry began to text back and forth, and I said, Larry, what I have discovered in this process is there are things that you have been doing to us for 20 years that I did not know you were doing, 
and you were unjustly charging us for things you were not supposed to be charging us for. And you used our friendship and the fact that I trusted you and the fact that we had this long-term relationship, even though you don't walk with Christ, I thought for sure that you would be honest with me and you have not been. You have charged us for these things for the past 20 years. And in a text message, he confirmed it. And then in our deposition, he denied it. And then I said to our lawyer, here are the text messages. And here was he and his wife's response. Well, there's no way that Larry could have sent those texts because he was in ICU in intensive care in a hospital So there's no way those are his. And our very wise lawyer said, "Uh, ma'am, it says in the text, I'm in the hospital. And then their response was, we don't know where those came from. You must have made them up. And our lawyer said to us, in all my years, I've seen people say, you misunderstood what I said, but I've never had someone deny that they actually sent the text. Because you actually, you know, you have to text it out, you know. You know what I mean? So here's what happened. God protected our integrity. There was like seven or eight things that we discovered that was happening that shouldn't have been happening. And what's beautiful is, It was discovered in such a time before all these trees were cut down. Otherwise, we would have had to pay for all of that because that's common area maintenance. But uh, there was confusion on this side of the shopping center. And so we've already saved the church over $50,000 because somebody sued us. Here's what I want you to understand. It cost us $135,000 in legal fees to protect our integrity. Do not, do not. And I said to the lawyer, even if those doors have to close, we will not admit something we didn't do. We will never, ever, ever admit something we didn't do to save money. We're not here for money. I would rather this place go under than God's holiness to be tarnished. That's who Vanguard is. But because of that, we found ourselves, obviously, we've, we've struggled in our cash flow. You know we've struggled this past year. And you know what? God is going to provide. God's going to do it. For 25 years, I've watched God do what he's going to do. And what's sad to me, and I want to say this very carefully, what is sad to me, As soon as the lawsuit was over, my friend Larry died. And I take no satisfaction in that. That grieves me deeply, Lynn, that for 20 years I shared the gospel. And my friend John, you were in the office with me the last time I shared it with him. And I believe that he was really close. It felt to me like he wanted to give his life to Jesus Christ. 
But I wonder now, John, I wonder if he thought about what he'd have to tell me in order to give his life to Jesus. I wonder if he decided, I'll just keep my secrets. Listen to me, don't keep your secrets. Don't keep your secrets. I love Pastor Ted Haggard. I really do. I don't understand why he continues to do what he does and he continues to make the same very poor, unethical and immoral decisions in his life. And it is going to cost him dearly. And there is a stronghold in our city that God is breaking. And God is using us to be a part of that. Would you please pray for purity and protection as we continue to move forward and see God break the stronghold in this city that has been on this city through his leadership for 40 years. God wants to break it. Listen to me. If you are going to focus on the injustices of your life, instead of trusting in the sovereign hand of God, you are never going to fulfill your purpose for existence. You have got to accept the fact that if you stand up for truth and if you stand up and be who God has created you to be, you will suffer. The Bible says that the righteous are persecuted for their faith. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't give out. Listen to me. Show up and God will show out. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. God is showing out. God is showing out. And by the way, we, we have a, a much better system in place now. Unfortunately, we have to have lawyers that keep an eye on the books for us. That's sad, isn't it? That's the world we live in. That's the world we live in. But we found out, Tony, this past week, we got a $6,000 credit on our triple net right now. Wow. Not only do we not owe anything, right now they owe us. So I just want you to understand, stewardship is extremely important in our lives. We take your resources very seriously. Integrity is deeply important. And I just want you to understand, we've had two accounting systems in our church for 25 years. One that a CPA understands and one that I understand. (laughs) And I know when there's a dollar that goes missing. And I want you to know that, that under my watch, I will continue to be vigilant with the resources that our church has. And I understand that when you get into talking about money, there's a myriad of discussions about how that should be handled. But let me tell you this, as we debate the ideas, I can assure you, I can assure you that the people that are in charge of the resources, like Danelle, that they are full of integrity and that we've walked in integrity for 25 years as a church. And we're going to continue to do so. We're going to continue to do so. And anything you want to know about my life, you want to know how much I make, salary, benefits, you want to know what I paid for the house I live in, you, anything you want to know about my life, you ask me. You go, ask it? Yes. And I'll ask you too. 
You want to know what I give to Vanguard? I'll tell you the exact penny. I'll go find out. I have no idea exactly how much it is, but I can assure you uh, anything you want to know, anything you want to ask me, I'll ask you. We'll be accountable. There's nothing here to hide. And, and when someone asks a very well-known pastor, what did you pay for your house? God wouldn't want me to tell you that. Principle number one, <laughs> he will restore our financial and childhood injustices. Now I want to talk about the second injustice. Some of us in this room, some of us watching online, we have been abused in our childhood. And we are battling injustices in our lives. And we are now as adults, those people are out of the equation. And now it's us and the father, it's us and daddy. And these injustices that have occurred to us in our childhood are greatly hindering the fire in the fireplace of our soul that's ignited to help us live out our purpose for existence. Listen, pastors are human just like everybody else. But when pastors abuse children, we should not look the other way. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. When pastors abuse their relationship with people in their organization and take advantage of them sexually, we should not look the other way. Ever, ever, ever. This is God's bride, and he wants her back. He wants her spotless, without blemish. He wants her pure, and he wants her holy. And you say, well, how are we going to do that? Here's how we do that. We give her to him. And we ask, how do you want us to steward this? How do you want us to steward this? I'm in the process right now of trying to contact every church I can get a name and a contact for in our city to join a coalition of churches and ministries. And that we will get up and we will declare, hey, if someone is sexually abused in our church, we will not ask them to sign an NDA to silence them. We will do everything we can to care for them, and we will not silence them. And I asked one of the pastors that said no to me a few months ago, I emailed him this past week and I said, hey, I just want to ask you, have you changed your mind? Here was his response, not a chance. We will not be a part of that. We will not be a part of that. We will not be a part of that. I know that's mind boggling to you, but there's a reason why the church of America is in the condition that it's in. And there's a whole lot of money that's hit a whole lot of truth. But God has said, the day of reckoning has come. I will have my bride. She's mine. And she will be spotless and without blame. And those leaders who are willing to represent Christ, not as perfect... But it's broken human beings that understand that we cannot hide sin in the church and expect God to bless us. And that's what Israel did. They hid their sin in hoping that God would bless them. 
Don't give up on God because you've been mistreated financially or you've been sexually abused as a child. God sees and God cares, and in God's time, he's going to redeem. He's not forgotten. Look at what he promises. Verse 4, what are you to me? O Tyre and Sidon, all the regions of Philistia, are you paying me back for something? If you're paying me back, I'm going to return your payment on your head swiftly and speedily, for you've taken my silver and my gold. You've carried my rich treasures into your temples. You've sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks in order to remove them far from their own border. Behold, I'm going to stir them up from the place to which you have sold them, and I will return your payment on your own head. I will sell your sons and daughters, he's talking to the pagan nations, into the hand of the people of Judah, and they'll sell them to the Sabians, to a nation far away. For the Lord has spoken, proclaim this among the nations, consecrate for war, stir up the mighty men, let the men of war draw near, let them come up, beat your plowshares into swords, and your pruning hooks into spears, let the weak say, I am a warrior. Let me say it another way. Stop worrying about your financial stability and start worrying about the war God has called you to fight. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Listen, I understand that inflation's rising at a rapid rate. I understand that everything costs so much more. I just bought a load of hay that cost me over 100% what I paid for it a few years ago. I get it. I understand it. I understand what it takes to run a church and what it costs to run a church and what it could do. Listen, I will say it again. I would rather this church close its doors than us hide something that needs to be dealt with in this church. And I pray that God would give us the courage in our personal lives as we go to work to say, listen, I have to first make sure I'm living out my purpose for God before I collect my paycheck for my life. Amen? And so in your life, when you receive resource, that comes from God. I don't care what name is on the check. Every one of us are paid by Almighty God, and we have to make a choice who we're going to live for. So what's happening God's going to restore, but he wants us to, to join him in it. Look at what these words, let the weak say, I am a what? I'm a warrior. I'm a warrior. Now, a few years ago, I went to Ireland because, you know, every time uh, somebody calls my phone or, you know, we're dealing with things, I'll pick up the phone and, and they'll say, hey, is Kelly there? I go, yeah, it's me. They go, you're Kelly? You're not a woman? No, I've been a man all my life. Plan on being one till the day I die. Yeah. And I said, and by the way, I went to Ireland. I found out Kelly is a male name. It means strong warrior. All right. I mean, the ladies stole it over here. It's a great name. I agree. God has called us in our weakness to be warriors. God has called us in our weakness to be warriors. And so as you look at your life, you can say to yourself, I don't have what it takes. God's not asking you that. God's not asking you if you have what it takes. Here's what God is asking you. Will you do what I've told you to do? See, you don't have to figure out if you have what it takes. You just have to say to God, I'll do what you've told me to do. And guess what? God will give you the ability to do 
what he's asked you to do. I promise you that. I promise you that. See, in 25 years of pastoring Vanguard, I've been so broken, Tasha and I have been so broken at certain times in our lives that we didn't think we could go on. And not only did we not think we could go on, we didn't want to go on. And I want to encourage you, whatever you're up against right now in your life, say to the Lord, Lord, I don't think I have what it takes, but I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. Would you give me the ability to do it? Would you give me the ability to do it? So number two, how will he restore us? He calls us to get up and get in the fight for justice. Get up. Get in the fight for justice. Maybe you were abused as a child, and because of that, you were taken away from your parents, you were put in the system, and you had to live a good portion of your childhood in the system. And maybe that injustice, maybe you lived in other people's homes that were mean to you as well. And, and, and you wake up every day and you're identified by your childhood and how people mistreated you in your childhood. So here's my question. When are you going to get up out of your past and say, I'm going to go be for somebody else what I wish somebody would have been for me? Huh? One of the best books I ever read was Henry Now and the Prodigal Son. He said, we all debate. Are you the elder son that think you deserve something? Or are you the younger son that thinks you deserve nothing? He said, I want to invite you to become something you've never thought about. Become the father that blesses others. Stop being the elder son that thinks you got it all right in your life. Why didn't God bless me? Stop being the younger son that says, I'm such a screw up. I don't know if, if there's anybody that could ever love me. Stop being both of those sons. Become the father. Become the daddy that says, I am going to bless others. I'm going to bless others. Maybe you were abused in a church. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you were abused in church. And many were, by the way. Sadly, I read an article. I write for the Christian Post, and I read an article this past week of a worship leader who they have now discovered after his death that he abused 200 children. 200. One person. That's 200 families out there that now have a child that's an adult that more than likely hates the church. We have an opportunity to say, no more. No more. Not under our watch. Not under our watch. Hasten and come, all you surrounding nations. Gather yourselves there. Bring down your warriors, O Lord. Let the nations stir themselves up. Come up the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I'll sit to judge all the surrounding nations, put in the sickle for the harvest is ripe, go in, tread for the winepress is full, the vats overflow for their evil is great. Now what is the valley of Jehoshaphat? That's where the final cosmic battle is going to take place. Sometimes I listen to very educated American Christians and they tell me stuff like this. Well, you know, there's many ways to eternal life. You know, there's, there's Jesus and there's Muhammad and, and you know, and they go, they go through all of this. And I say to them very politely, you ever been to Israel? 
you should go sometime. See, because if you go to Israel, what you discover is the Jews are not allowed on the Temple Mount because that belongs to the Muslims, and the Muslims have the legal authority to kill a Jew if they walk onto the Temple Mount. Now, we Gentiles, we can go on there uh, because we're, we're really no player in the whole equation. And so when you go on the Temple Mount, do you know what you discover? Uh, there is this massive, the Temple Mount is basically the, the foundation of the temple that's left because all of the other part of the temple is gone because Jesus said it would be. And so what the Muslims did was they built the Dome of Muhammad Right, out, right inside the eastern gate of the temple because they believe that Muhammad will return at the, tome, at the eastern gate, come through to the dome, and he will reestablish his eternal kingdom right there on the temple mount of the Jews. And Jesus, by the way, uh, will return, the Bible tells us, to the Mount of Olives. He will cross the Valley of Jehoshaphat where the cosmic battle will occur. He will come through the eastern gates and he will be Muhammad's greatest shock. Listen to me. Pick a team, any team, but don't pick every team. It's either Jesus or everybody else, Okay. If you don't believe Jesus is the only way, I don't know why you're here unless you don't have faith in Jesus Christ. Because let me tell you something. The Bible says that you're supposed to be committed to this costing you your very breath. That's what you signed up for. You go, I didn't sign up for that. Okay, well, that's what you signed up for. You go, well, I was in the wrong line, okay? That's fair. Listen to me. This is real stuff. This is real stuff. And it's going to play itself out on a cosmic stage. And I would highly encourage you to decide what you believe. Listen, I realize that churches have shrunk because of COVID. But I'm going to tell you something. Because people go, are you discouraged? No. I cannot tell you how encouraged I am by the faith of those that keep showing up. And how amazing you all are. And how committed you all are to living out who God has created us to be regardless of what it costs us. That's what a real relationship is. And I commend you. And I want you to hear me say this. You are great for God Almighty. You're great. And God sees you as great. And God wants you to know that even if you don't feel great, you are great for Almighty God. And He affirms you, He seals you, He's with you. Keep living, keep going. Keep fighting. Joel continues. Look at verse 14. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. Do you understand that? There's so many people right now, multitudes in that valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. What, it, what is happening here contextually is that cosmic battle. There are going to be tens of thousands, millions of people come to this battle and they're going to be deciding whose team they're going to be on. The sun and the moon are dark and the stars withdraw their shining. The Lord roars from Zion, utters his voice from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth quake. But the Lord is a refuge to his people, a stronghold to the people of Israel. So you shall know that I am the Lord your God. 
who dwell in Zion, my holy mountain. And Jerusalem shall be holy. The stranger shall never again pass through it. And in that day, the mountains shall drip sweet wine. The hills shall flow with milk. The stream beds of Judah shall flow with water. And a fountain shall come forth from the house of the Lord and water the valley of Shittim. Egypt shall become a desolation, Edom a desolate wilderness. What God's saying here is all of the enemies of God who stand against the calling on your life will be desolated. For the violence done to the people of Judah, because they've shed, you catch it, shed innocent blood in their land, but Judah shall be inhabited forever. Jerusalem to all generations, I will avenge their blood. Blood I have not avenged, for the Lord dwells in Zion. So here's principle number three. He calls us to trust him, to redeem all one day. He calls us to trust him, that he will redeem all one day. You and I wake up and go to sleep, wake up and go to sleep, wake up and go to sleep. And many days when I get into my prayer chair and my Bible reading chair, I'll say to the Lord, is today the day that you're going to redeem that injustice. Is today the day? Will you do it today, God? Because if you don't do it, it ain't going to happen because I'm not going to do it. I'm going to join you where you want me to join you, but I am not going to try to right all the wrongs of my life. I understand that ultimately that is up to you. And Sandy, I got to give you one more shout out. Because I will tell you, out of all the people I know in my life and all the courageous things I've watched people done, I, I, my hat's off to you. Your ability to stand by the bed of someone dying that wounded you some, in some of the deepest ways of your life and welcoming them into heaven and they meet Jesus and realize the last person that was with them was you. God has an, a massive reward for you in heaven for that. Thank you for giving me an example that has roared in my soul. It has roared in my soul. It has multiplied in me the courage to be kind to those who have hurt us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I close with this statement. As I read last week in my devotions, the psalmist said this, with my dying breath, I will praise the Lord. And I looked up, John, and I said this. That's quite a vision. You don't know what's going to happen between now and your final breath. You don't know how bad it could get. You don't know how mean people can be. You don't know how much injustice people could do to you. But see, if you've decided what you're going to do with your final breath, you will figure out what to do with all your other breaths because they will fall in line with your final breath. And so I just encourage you today, the best way to come back from faith drift, you ready? Is to decide today who gets praised in your final breath. And so I've decided that I'm gonna say out loud with my last breath, Lynn, 
I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. And I cannot tell you how much courage that gives me now. I don't know how long it'll be before my final breath. I mean, I've already lived six years longer than my mama did. And I know that Billy Graham, when he was my age, thought he was going to die the next day, and he lived another 50 years. And that's what's weird, Steve, about all of this. Mindy, that's what's weird about all of this. We could go home and die today. It could be over today. And praise God if it is. Or we could be around another five decades continuing to live for him. And so if you'll just decide your final breath, then all the other breaths will take care of themselves. Just breathe. It's a miracle we can breathe. Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.